welcome to the Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life podcast. My name is Michelle Burkhardt and I'm your host. All right, so today I want to talk about unfixable problems. So first of all, um, as a coach and a strategic planner, uh, I have a very deep-seated belief that there's no problem that doesn't have a solution. I also believe that um, all problems have way more than one solution. Uh, and if we can tap into, you know, different possibilities and opportunities, we can really make the most of our problems slash opportunities. Okay. However, I want to talk about unfixable problems. And this showed up in my life this week. Um, I, I kind of, um, if you've listened to the podcast, you know, I, I had, have had a rough time uh, the last week. I'm feeling much better. I'm in a, in a really good place right now. Um, but Monday was really, really hard. And uh, as a result of that, I found myself talking to my massage therapist, um, eh, probably less talking, more crying. Uh, ever been there before? Um, and one of the things I said was, there are too many unfixable problems that are vying for my attention right now. And of course, you know, the immediate thing that I that came up for me was, whoa, there are no unfixable problems, right? But on the other side of that, another thought came to me, which I've never had before, that said, the problems themselves are not um, unfixable. There are solutions to them. However, every single one of these problems, and there are many, are not within your realm to fix. So for you as a person, they are unfixable. Does not mean that there's not a solution, but it is not your job to fix them. Now, that was a huge revelation. And I will just say it didn't make me feel good. <laughs> so it didn't stop the crying. It didn't stop me from not feeling bad. Um, but once that I guess realization kind of settled in my soul a little bit. Um, the next day things started to turn around uh, and then the sun came out and that really helped. So uh, again, I'm, I'm in a really good place right now. But when I think about that unfixable problems, there are a great many things that are happening in my life right now where I am involved in it. Okay. It's not like this is, you know, I mean, I've got these teenagers, right? So sometimes a teenager has a problem and you're like, okay, you know, I can walk you through that. I can help you, but you know, you're not in control, right? They're your children. So you're in charge, but you're not in control, right? Or, or even when I'm working with clients, you know, oftentimes they make some decisions and I'm like, well, Let's see how that works out, right? Knowing that it's probably not going to work out really well, but this is their journey, not mine. However, what do you do? Kind of like what we talked about um, earlier in the week. What do you do when these problems do concern you, but you're not in charge, right? So it's going to have a direct effect on you and some, some of these things I'm dealing with are going to have a, a very extreme effect on me, as in like life-changing things. So how do you handle when the unfixable problems, the work that needs to be done is someone else's deal, but it's going to have a huge effect on you? That's a great question, isn't it? Um, and so that's kind of what I've been 
uh, I guess, um, marinating in this week. I've really been checking in and, and thinking through that, working through that. Um, I don't, I don't believe there's any one right answer to this, but I've had some revelations and I'd like to share these with you because I know I am not the only one. Um, I, I recognize that when I'm having an individual experience, there's probably, you know, thousands, if not millions of people out there who are having the same experience either right now, coming out of it or going into it. I also believe that this is another kind of uh, aspect or realm, if you will, of a dark night of the soul. So we've talked a little bit about that before, um, and I'm, I'm kind of working on um, some content uh, that I'm going to share here very soon about a dark night of the soul, especially in regard to our thinking. Uh, I'll let you know more about that. Um, that's going to be my, my gift um, to give back to all of the wonderful, beautiful people, dozens, if not hundreds of people at this point, who have donated money and time and resources and things off, off the Amazon wish list. Um, to to get me and my kids into this uh, apartment. And so that's going to be my, um, uh, my thank you gift. So I will definitely let you guys know about that. But so let's, let's say you're in this place, there are these unfixable problems, there are things happening in your life. We talked about, you know, definitely going to appreciation, right? So gratitude is realizing that, you know, things are coming to you, you can use your executive functioning to, you know, think about the things that are coming to you and be thankful. But when you're in this place of unfixable problems and things happening, and there's, you can't latch on to gratitude yet, because there's not a thing, right? There's no choices or decisions that have been made that are final going to appreciation. So, you know, like right now here where I live, this three days in a row of sun, this is unheard of in, in the month of May. Um, I am enjoying every moment of it as much as I possibly can. Okay. But what, what else do we do? You know, it, I, I think about, you know, we as, as humans try to try to convince ourselves that we have control, which is an illusion because we never have control over anything. We really don't. Um, in our, our desperate grasp for safety and security, um, you know, we try to convince ourselves that we have control, that we have figured out life, right? And so when we get ourselves into a position where we have these unfixable problems, dark nights of the soul, it's like soul crushing because we thought we had it figured out. Um, you know, when something shows up and we realize uh, this is a problem and I can't do anything about it, uh, that immediately is like pulling the rug from underneath you. You have no control. And unless you have been in a situation before where you don't have control, um, you don't know what to do with that. It's kind of like going to the gym, right? You don't go and lift 500 pounds the first time. So if you've been in a position where you don't have control and this is the first time you're experiencing that, have a lot of grace and compassion for yourself that you are flexing that muscle and learning how to, how to handle that. Um, for, for those of us who've been in that position a lot, we've realized that when they come up, um, you know, there are things that, that we can do as a person, we're going to flesh that out in a minute, um, that, that give us a sense of control and safety and security, but also realizing that, again, we can't reach out and solve these problems for ourselves. We have to let other people do it right? Or when you get to a point in your life where everything seems quote unquote broken. Ever been there? I know some of you have, because I know some of our listeners and I've heard your stories. I completely understand where you are. 
Um, so I, I want to share with you today. Um, I'm going to use a religious text. Um, it's Psalm 23. Um, and this is a very well-known Psalm. Um, it's not only used um, uh, in the Jewish tradition, also the Christian tradition. Uh, it's typically shared at funerals. Um, you know, when you're grieving, going through a really dark time, um, it is also considered a very um, profound and meaningful piece of literature. Um, so again, I'm not here to tell you to think or believe or have faith in any sort of, you know, religion or anything like that. But I do want to use this as an example today uh, and kind of flesh that out. Okay, so I'm going to use this. Um, but I really want to talk about the difference, you know, when we think that we have it all figured out. That's a very conscious-brained thing. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But that leaves no mystery of life. It leaves no meaning. It leaves no significance. Um, you know, it leaves no room for um, divinity. Okay? And so these dark nights or unfixable times are really ripe for our learning and growth and more life to show up for us. So the times where we have it all together, everything's running smoothly, you know, going well. Um, again, those are lovely times, but those are meant to be times that, I won't say that are few and far between, but that's a comfort zone, right? And so when you come out of your comfort zone, there's, there's more life to be had. Okay, so I, I want to share with you, um, before we get into the psalm that I want to talk about, uh, I want to share with you this quote by Abraham Heschel. Now, Abraham Heschel, I think many of you know, um, he's one of my favorite old dead guys right now. Um, he, um, I think he died somewhere around 1978, if I'm correct. Um, long story short, he was a traditionally, classically trained um, rabbi, uh, very well known very intelligent. He was a guy that could learn a language um, like very quickly. And within, you know, three months, he could be, uh, you know, in this new language, he could literally be writing and reading and speaking pro proficiently. Um, so very intelligent. Uh, but he also had um, not just the traditional side of him, he also had the very progressive side. Uh, he was labeled as the Negro's favorite Jew. Uh, because he was very influential in the civil rights movement. And he really encouraged people to um, go beyond just talking about what's right and actually going into action. Um, so I love reading his stuff. He's very um, intellectual, but also so what? <laughs> so he's got both sides. I like that. Um, and he was talking about this idea of we can't just have it figured out. We have to leave room for that mystery. And oftentimes it is in those dark nights of the soul, those, those valley experiences uh, where more life and meaning comes to us. So, so this is a quote that he shared in his one book, um, uh, which I'm going through right now, um, which is The Insecurity of Freedom. Such a good book. Uh, it's a little bit long, but I want you to kind of sit back and just see what comes to you as I read this quote. Okay. We are pregnant with a thought for which we have no image. We are endowed with a song which we cannot utter, with a word we do not know how to spell. 
Okay, so I'm going to just talk about that part, then go to the next part of the quote. So what he's saying is there are things coming to us and it's like, it's right there, but like, we can't really grasp it or understand it. We can't really explain it, right? So have you ever had a feeling or an emotion that you, you, you couldn't label, but you knew was there and it was affecting you? That's what he's talking about, okay? Then he says, then we open a psalm. So I, I think it, the psalm that we're going to share right now, but I think too about any book or have a conversation or something. So we're having all of these feelings, things are happening, and then we're exposed to a new idea, right? So we open a psalm and there is the song and the word, only that the song within us grows. So what he's saying is we have that, the, the feeling we uh, internalize whatever it is, this, this new sensory thing that, that we're taking on and the feeling within us grows. Okay. And then the next part, he says, we pour it into, we pour into it a deed. We fashion it in words, but the song is never exhausted. So what he's saying is we, we try to explain it to people. We try to make changes in our life. We try to do our work, um, or, put these big thoughts and ideas into a podcast episode, okay? Um, however, that song within us is still calling to us. And he says, what we must do is to nurse the song in the recesses of the soul. So, you know, when I talk about integration, steeping, marinating, kind of staying within the same question for a long time, that's what he's talking about, okay? And then he goes on, over and above all frustrations, there is a certainty that we are never alone in doing the good. We love him and her, it, they, who loves the world. So what he's saying is, no matter how dark it can get, no matter how unfixable our problems are, when we remember, you know, going back to, to that um, fear to faith challenge that we did, uh, when we remember what the truth is, that we're never alone, and no matter what we feel, all is well. Okay. When we remember that, um, the, the integration can happen a little bit quicker within us. Okay. All right. So now I want to talk about Psalm 23. Um, Psalm 23, again, like I said, is very well known. You may know the, the uh, King James version or the NIV version. There's all kinds of different versions out there. Um, and they talk about it in a little different way. I'm going to use what's called the message version. Uh, if you are not a Bible reader and you are wanting to become one, um, I would highly recommend the message version because it's written in more of an easier to understand, more modern day kind of progressive language. Um, it's very easy to take the principles that are being talked about and put it actual into living. Okay, so I'm, I'm a big firm believer in not just learning the facts and the history and, you know, the principles, but so what, right? Putting that into practice. Um, and again, this is, you know, usually given in times of darkness um, and, and grief, okay? Uh, I also consider Psalm 23, if you think about a mountain and a valley, and I think we've talked about this before, uh, mountaintop experiences are amazing and awesome and wonderful. Um, you know, those are our big successes, our victories, things like that. Um, but a valley experience, which is kind of the, the um, unfixable problems, dark night of the soul, what we're talking about, that's where all of your nourishment comes from. Um, there's, there's no nourishment up on the top of a mountain. 
it all happens in the valley. Usually there's a river or a creek or some sort of water in there. There's a lot of um, uh, vegetation. Um, there's usually um, not quite as much um, uh, altitude, so it's a little easier to travel. You can rest. Um, you can see what's coming, right? Um, and so uh, the valley experience really is very nourishing for our, our souls, okay? So this is what the message version says of Psalm 23. God, my shepherd, and I, I love this, okay? So shepherd, um, it's not talking about God, you know, whatever your higher power as being, um, it didn't say my king or my Lord, right? Uh, when I think about shepherd, I think about a symbiotic relationship that a shepherd is um, needing the sheep. The sheep gives it, you know, meat and, and clothes and companionship, um, but the sheep need the shepherd. So it's a relationship, right? It's not like a king or a lord that's like, hey man, if you don't get it together and do what I tell you to do, uh, you know, I'm just going to behead you or get rid of you, right? So he says, God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush meadows. You find me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Have you ever felt like during these unfixable times that there are small pockets of peace? Maybe you don't have it all together. Maybe you don't feel like you have anything together, but somewhere along the lines, you have a little bit of rest. You have a great conversation with someone who loves you. Um, you experience, you know, compassion or kindness from a stranger. There's something there that speaks to you in that darkness that is helpful, right? Maybe you're loving, um, losing a loved one, right? And during that time, you have support. As I've gone through, you know, the changes that I've gone through, especially in the last six months, a huge amount of support and peace and calm has come to me. Um, I still have those very dark times, um, but they're not as much. And uh, when they come, I, I know that there is work for me to do there. Okay. So the next part says, even when the way goes through Death Valley, so think about that Death Valley here in the United States, uh, you know, a, a very big, very large desert. There's no, no nutrition there. There's, you know, just death, right? Even when the way goes through Death Valley, I'm not afraid. When you walk at my side, your trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel secure. So what I love about that is, again, remembering the truth. Who am I? What am I about? Um, what are the universal truths that I can rely on during this time? You serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. You revive my drooping head. My cup brims with blessing. Your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. So what that says to me is, I guess for, for me personally, as I'm going through these, these changes, um, you know, there's been a lot that I have endured, um, and I'm not going to, you know, how do I say this? I want to be very careful. I am not a victim here. I chose my path. However, um, you know, I, I am on a different path. I chose something different. But things happened, 
um, and not so good things. Um, and right now what I'm trying to do is, you know, make sure that all of my family members have what they need uh, for the best and highest good of all, um, keeping everybody out of jail um, and uh, really trying to help my children to thrive. Okay. That's my goal right now. Um, I do not feel that I need to defend myself. Uh, however, there are many people out there who feel that they need to judge me. Um, I don't, I will start to share more of my story uh, in, in the public realm uh, as we go along, but I, I want you to understand um, this lesson today is not um, in theory. Okay. This is um, in practice for me, uh, living through a lot of really crazy stuff for a long time. And so during this time, I have gotten to know myself as a person and gotten to, to introduce myself to a new version of Michelle. Um, and if you listen to the podcast from the very first, all the way through here, um, you, you'll see that progression. I'm so happy with this new version of Michelle. Um, and as I'm going through this with the, the lawyers and the judge and um, therapists and all of these outside experts coming in to kind of help the situation, it's been refreshing that all of the expert people are, are looking at this and they're validating my experience. Um, and they're just as shocked as I have been throughout the whole entire time. Uh, again, I don't need their validation. I don't need their defense, but to have it uh, has been amazing. Um, to be able to go from a situation of, uh, I need to get out of here and I, I don't see a way to do that to where we are right now today uh, has been amazing. So this idea of you serve me a six course dinner right in front of my enemies, you revive my drooping head, my cup rims with blessing. Yes, all of that is occurring. Um, so I'm, I'm able to have some of these mountaintop experiences, but I'm, I was only able to do that because of the work that I did when I was in the valley. Okay. So there is a difference between having these valley experiences, dark nights of the soul, unfixable problems and surviving through them. Okay. Surviving is great. There's nothing wrong with being resilient and surviving, but there's a huge difference between saying, this is now my new opportunity. What do I need to do as a person, not only to work through this problem, but how am I going to learn about myself? Um, what do I truly believe about myself, about you know, my higher power, about the world, about people, right? So as we do that work and, and changing our thinking, uh, our life begins to change. So of course, you're going to have experiences where, guess what? You might have more unfixable problems, but you will be resourced in order to handle those unfixable problems. Okay, so... In, in essence, you know, when these times come upon us, rather than fight or try to avoid them, accept, accept that, that there's something within you that's saying, all right, we're doing something new right now. Okay. And ask yourself, what do you need um, to nourish yourself during this time? So go to appreciation, go to, you know, things like beauty and humor. Um, they're not just band-aids. Okay. But also do your work. 
So it's okay that you go through these experiences. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you that you don't have it all figured out because guess what? Nobody does. You just realize in this moment that you don't. That's a beautiful gift. Okay. Most people don't, you know, they're trying to live on a mountaintop and stay on the mountain and they're wondering why in the world they're hungry. They're tired. They, you know, they, um, uh, because they, they haven't had that nourishment. So you are not alone. Okay. You are not alone. First of all, um, as you go throughout your experience, but also in your experience, everybody has this, there's nothing wrong with you. You're normal. I promise you. Um, but ask yourself, how do you want to use these times to your advantage. Okay. Hey, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, I know this went a little bit long, but again, sometimes these topics, they just need a little bit more fleshing out than others. Uh, and so I appreciate you, you staying and listening. Uh, I hope it adds value to you. If you need to chat or talk, please reach out to me. Um, and with that, I release you into the wild. Go forth and prosper. Have an amazing day. We'll catch you next time. All right. Bye-bye.